Hello and welcome to the Juice Podcast with me, your host for today, Ahmed Osman. I'm missing Misha today, he's not here with me here in the studio, but I am joined by a very, very worthy guest on the podcast, Mr. Jose Morgado of Recording Portugal. He will be joining me a little bit later on on the show. However, let's get the headlines from today, day nine of the Australian Open. Well, Kyle Edmund surprised the tennis world and he beat world number three Grigor Dimitrov to reach his maiden Grand Slam semi-final. Rafael Nadal was forced to retire in his fifth set of counter with Marin Cilic as the creation secured his semi-final spot. He will be facing the British number two in the semi-final, an opportunity for both players to make it to the final. Carolyn Wozniacki's career aim of finally securing a Grand Slam title is still alive as she battled to a three sets win against Suarez Navarro. And finally, Elise Mertens caused a shock as she defeated Misha's prediction to win the Australian Open, Elina Svitolina, to reach her first ever Grand Slam semi-final two. The sensation will play Caroline Wozniacki in the next round. And that is your Australian Open Roundup. Well, 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 day nine of the Australian Open did not stop surprising. And we have some unfortunate events, of course. Rafael Nadal's injury, something definitely to be worried about. He left the Australian Open, um, Rod Laver Arena, very, very upset, um, understandably, because he was in the fifth set uh, with Marin Cilic, who, uh, by the way, played a very good match. It was brilliant from Marin Cilic, and we will be talking to Jose Morgado very, very soon about that match. However, Kyle Edmund, wow. Kyle Edmund, the British number two, you know, it's just crazy to see him in a semi-final of a Grand Slam. If you told me 2018 would bring a Kyle Edmund semi-final in a Grand Slam, I would think you're absolutely crazy. However, it's happened, it's true. Um... And yeah, he deserves it. He's played so so well, especially with the with the conditions that he's had to deal with. I am I am just astonished with the progress that Kyle Edmund has has made uh, with his backhand, and um, and it's just it's so good to see him achieve maybe going through the footsteps of Andy Murray. So yeah, like I said, Kyle Edmund once again surprising us and reaching the semi-finals. However. Let me be honest with you. I just, I don't see him getting past to the final only because Marin Cilic has been in this position before. He has faced opponents of the highest quality Marin. Although he hasn't won all of them, he is, you know, ready-made for, for, for a big stage, I guess. He did win the US Open, let's not forget, a few years back. I know it's overshadowed by a lot of disappointments. But he did win the US Open. So that is something that needs to be considered, of course. Another player I want to talk about that has surprised many, many people is Elise Mertens. Elise Mertens beat Elena Svitolina today, quite convincingly. She bageled her in the last in the last set. Um, it was an incredible performance by Elise Mertens. And that is something I am sure I'll be talking to with Jose Morgado, who is on the line with me now. Jose Morgado, how are you? Hello, how are you? I'm fine. And you? I am good. I am by myself in the in the studio today. No, Misha. However, I've got you, so I'm very happy about that. What a very, very entertaining day at the Australian Open. I think you'd agree with me to say that it has been 
a very up and down day. Yeah, it was at least interesting. In fact, we had we had obviously some upsets, mm -hmm. and and then the the big match between between Nadal and Cilic ending in a way that we obviously didn't expect. Yes, as Rafa had to to retire, but yeah, to 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 big upsets in my opinion. Great great win for Kyle Edmund. And for Elise Mertens as well, we, we, we really didn't expect Elina Svitolina to, to lose her match, especially the, the way it was. Mm, yeah, do you know what? I am supposed to be very unbiased. However, Elina Svitolina was my prediction, so I'm very upset that she lost. I thought I'd look very good if she ended up winning the tournament. Um, and she was on track until, you know, the sensation that is Elise Mertens has come out of nowhere and, and is playing, you know, some brilliant, brilliant tennis. However... I do want to ask you about Rafa Nadal. Obviously, very concerning injury, and it seems like a new injury. It hasn't reoccurred because the knee seems fine. He seemed to complain from something above, quite above um, the knee, maybe very high on the leg. Yeah, it, it's, it seems like maybe probably a compensation from from the, the off-season that, that was not so good for him because mm. he had to, to start his off-season maybe later than he wanted. So, so yeah, I think playing playing a Grand Slam as as your first tournament after a, a couple of months off, it can be costly for your body. And it's not the first time that Nadal actually has physical problems in this tournament mm. and and different kinds of, of of physical problems. So this time it was the the grind, I believe, uh, uh, and and he really had to retire. He looked good for for three sets. He, he said that he started feeling something in the middle of the of the third set, but mm. only felt really in in pain during the fourth set. So. So yeah, it was surprising. Such a massive shame. Obviously, British world number, British number two. Apologies, Kyle Edmund um, shocked most of the tennis world when he beat Grigor Dimitrov, the world number three. A very surprising win. However, we can't deny that Kyle Edmund's making some incredible progress this year. And um, yeah, semi-final of an Australian Open. I don't think anyone predicted this. Yeah, he, he he always had a big game, but I I believe he he is now believing more in himself. He started the year great. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he was so close to beat Dimitrov uh, in in Brisbane as well. Got that little injury in the middle of the of the third set, but good for him that that he could recover, play a good tournament, beat the U.S. Open finalist Kevin Anderson in in the first round. And he's, he's, he has a new coach to his team. He looks confident. And he, he has the game. He has a big serve and especially a big, big foreign. His foreign was amazing mm. against Dimitrov, who looked a bit out of ideas for most of the match. Dimitrov really, uh, apart from his match against Kyrgios, mm. really didn't look himself during the tournament. He was close to be eliminated in round two, I believe, against Mackenzie McDonald. So... Yeah, it was a big, big win for Kyle. It, it's good. He's a good, good guy. I have a, a chance to talk with him a couple of times because he, he actually uh, was uh, he, he won he won for Portugal. We, the Portuguese player, are only two Grand Slam titles in Portuguese <laughs> history. So uh, Portugal only has two Grand Slam titles in juniors in in boys doubles. Yeah, and and it was. Kyle, who helped Frederico Silva, the Portuguese player, mm. to win to win both of, of those titles. So I'm very happy for him. That's that's very nice to hear. I actually saw that tweet earlier that uh, did amuse me a little bit. So yeah. um, also, 
I want to ask one more about Kyle Edmund because I've seen such a big improvement from his backhand side as well. He used to be such um, a massive hindrance to his game. However, he seems very solid. He's using that backhand down the line more often and uh, safe to say he's trusting his backhand more this year. Yeah, I think technically it, it, it was never a bad shot. I think he didn't have confidence on, on that. Mm. And I think now he can rally with the backhand. He can go down the line, which is obviously important to to be more aggressive with it. And I, I think that he's finally using the, the uh, shot that, that technically is good. I, I, I always thought that... that that his backhand is not that is not that bad technically. Obviously, the forehand is better. Is is shot to to dominate the point. Yeah. But yeah, I I agree with that. With that, that his backhand is really getting better. Um, back to the drawing board with Dimitrov. I think, I think maybe you'd echo what I would say. It's really frustrating. Um, scenes with with Grigor and and it seems like every time he makes a step forward, he takes a step back. And um, what what do you think he he needs to start doing? after the Australian Open to get himself back to where we, we, we hoped we'd see him maybe getting or contending for uh, for an Australian Open or a Grand Slam somehow. However, he's he, he's failed again in the Grand Slam. Yeah, it's tough because obviously he won the, the ATP World Tour final. Mm. He was the third seed here, good draw, big opportunity as, as we saw Nadal retired hours later. So he obviously would start the 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 semi-final against Cilic, maybe as a bit of a favorite for, for that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but he really never looked fantastic during this tournament. Played great against Kyrgios on the bigger points, but never looked... Look, okay, it wasn't a bad tournament because obviously quarterfinals isn't a bad tournament for, for yeah. Dimitrov, but he never looked in the kind of form that he was last year. For the last three four, three, four months, even if at the U.S. Open he, he flopped as well against Rublev, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I, th- I think he will win a Grand Slam for sure. But he it's a matter of time. Yeah, uh, but he surely wasted a big chance here. I think he had really a big chance. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, final words on on Marin Cilic. Um, safe to say that most people wouldn't have predicted him to get to the semi-finals. He hasn't had the best of tournaments. Um, before the Australian Open and, and maybe the 2017 wasn't his highlight however he's in the semi-final of a Grand Slam again and can he repeat his US Open success? Yeah I think he will start the semi-final as the clear favourite to make another Grand Slam final obviously mm. he, he had kind of a similar draw last year at Wimbledon played the first time semi-final he's seen some query at the semi-finals and then end up playing against Roger in the final. It can happen the same story actually this week. But I, I believe, I, believe I, I think that it's not a big, big surprise uh, uh, for Marin to make the semi-finals. From what I, I saw him doing in the first in the first week, he played amazing against Pospisil and against João Tzos as well. Great, great match against Pablo Carreño Busta mm. in the fourth round. And today he really played well and took and took his opportunity. I think at the start of the tournament nobody would expect Marin <laughs> to make the the semifinals, but he he really 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 is finding that kind of form that that put him in the final of Wimbledon and and mm-hmm. even that that 2014 Grand Slam title at the U.S. Open. 
there, there are so many surprises, Jose. If you just look at the draw, we we have um, we have Chang and and we have Sandgren. There there seems to be a lot of players that are taking their opportunity. However, it's not the same players that we thought that would take the opportunity, if you get what I mean. So, so Sandgren, I'm pretty sure, hadn't won a Grand Slam uh, match before he, he went into the Australian Open. And Kyle Edmund and um, and Burditch didn't have the best of 2017. So how would you explain this this sudden you know, rise of, of, uh, of, of the players that obviously did not have the best year beforehand? Yeah, it, it's really, really tough to explain. I think Kyle Edmund, obviously... Always had the talent, but really find the way to put his confidence together and to play back-to-back great matches. Thomas Berdych, he, he didn't have a great draw. Del Potter in the third round, but he completely killed Del Potter in that match, playing yeah. great. Then now he's confident, so his win against against Panini was more more natural. But he, but the British win against against Del Potter for me was a big surprise, especially the way mm. the way he won. And yeah, he didn't didn't really play well to start the year, but obviously he has the tennis, he has the experience. He usually plays really well in Australia, but but yeah, I was surprised as well to see him back to this level. And uh, about Shung and, and Sandgren, obviously different different situations. Shung, incredible to beat Zverev and and Djokovic back to back. And especially the way he's playing, he's playing incredibly well. And he's not surprised. He he when he yeah. wins, he doesn't seem like he's surprised. Probably because obviously it he probably feels the way he's hitting the ball in practice, mm. and he's, he looks very very calm and composed, and and he really doesn't look like he feels the moment. And and Tennis Sandgren is a complete <laughs> shock for me, to be honest. I. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> he, he, he never he played two grand slams the main draws before this one never won a match before this this australian open really didn't won any kind of uh, matches against top 50 players in his career i think his best his only top 50 win before this week it was a retirement against Nick Kyrgios. unbelievable so, yeah it, it's really it's really surprising the way he beat Stan Wawrinka, I was not so shocked because Wawrinka obviously wasn't ready to compete uh, mm. the way he wanted. But but his match against Tim, well, it was amazing because Tim, uh, with, with all the problems he still has with tactics on hard courts and with overheating a lot, making yeah. a lot of mistakes, but Tim wasn't too bad. I think actually after winning that fourth set saving match points, it was amazing how Sandgren was able to come back and win the, the, the fifth set. It was pretty great. It was crazy. Uh, talking of Tennis Sandgren, I wanted to ask you, because there's a lot of backlash um, coming towards him, uh, probably around his tweets, his previous tweets and who he follows. What what would you call this situation? Because it is a little bit tense. And he also, there was news that he did delete some of his tweets from today. So do you think politics does come into this a little bit or maybe it should be ignored? Yeah, I, I think when you're obviously he was pretty much an anonymous player for till till this week, mm. and and when when you have when you have success, the things change a little bit. It can. I don't think it's the most important thing in the world thing in the world to to go and and to find what he said three or four years ago, or if he didn't like Serena Williams. Or, I, obviously, it wasn't pretty, mm. but but, it, but it's it's like of a personal decision. Or, the way the way we we deal with that, I think that you will obviously 
not have he will probably lose many fans for from the things he he, he said and he did mm. i think the fact that he deleted it <laughs> doesn't help him <laughs> at, at all i think it makes th things even even worse because it if he, he was committed to what he said, then he, he should keep it. But, uh, but yeah, oh, it's yeah. a tough situation. <laughs> I think it's not it's not the priority for the tournament because he, he obviously is doing great on, on court, but it's tough to separate things, especially for fans, because those kind of things influence as a tennis player. Um, as a tennis player, you, you influence a lot of a lot of mm. people and and. Your ideas as well influence a lot of people, and, and there obviously are fans that doesn't like those kind of tweets and those kind of positions that that he took in mm. the past. 100%, I agree with you. Let's go through the women's quickly because I know you're a very busy man. Mertens, Elise Mertens, how would you explain this sudden rise? I've seen her a couple of times, especially in 2017. I have to admit, I haven't seen her play a lot of times. However, she she has impressed me in those two times, but. To get to a semi-final of a Grand Slam, now that is another level. Uh, and to beat Elena Svitolina as well, that is uh, something quite special, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think I, I, was, I was not too shocked to see her go to the, through the second week here and mm. to, the, to the quarterfinals because she really was a, had a good year last year, but she, she had some terrible Grand Slam draws. I, I believe she lost to Venus Williams at Roland Garros and at Wimbledon, so mm -hmm. uh, uh, first and second round, something like that. But she played, she played well on smaller tournaments, and she she has she has tennis. Uh, the tennis, obviously, she's 22 years old, from a country that that has a fantastic tennis know-how, mm. great players. Obviously, now David Goffin, but also they they had like two world number ones, not. To, to many uh, time ago and and she she really plays I think that she she reminds me a bit of Janina Vickmeyer, not a Belgian when mm. she when she came up I I <laughs> hope she she will end up having a, a better career because she really is aggressive knows how, how to how to variate the game a bit as well and and she she looks like she is ready to be at least a top 20 player mm, and wow. maybe to reach her first Grand Slam final I think that she'll be uh, obviously she'll have troubles to to beat Wozniak if if Caroline keeps playing the way she's playing super super solid yeah but uh, Grand Slam semi-final I think that if, <laughs> it will be the first of many Grand Slam semi-finals for Elise Mertens wow. I think that she will be a, a top 10 player maybe till the end of the year top 15 at least wow big statements big statements um also, Elena Svitolina, she came out after and said that she was suffering with an injury. Um, yeah, and it seems like maybe she wasn't at her best. Yeah, I think so. She she really didn't look um, as as uh, playing as freely as she she normally does. Didn't serve well. Looked a bit slower than usual, uh, and and really missed a lot. I think mm. that it's tough to say how much impact the injury had. On her loss today, probably only only her knows uh, how the pain was. But I think obviously she it's not normal for Elena Svitolina to lose four and zero against Mertens uh, any time, even if yeah. Mertens played great. So yeah, it's disappointing because Svitolina really had a chance. I thought as well that she was the favorite in this in this side of the draw as well. Uh, yeah. At least I really thought that she had a chance to make the final. 
it, she, 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 she normally great against Wozniacki, great record, beat her, I, I believe, in two big finals last year. Mm. So, so she, she really probably is very disappointed that, he, that her body didn't help her in, in these big moments. Yeah, massive shame for her. However, someone that's playing so, so well and still has the possibility of winning her first Grand Slam, which she has been looking for for so long, is Caroline Wozniacki, and she beat Carlos Suarez Navarro. Um, it looked straightforward at first, tight second set, and eventually she did win comfortably. How did you see the match, and how do you think... Uh, Wozniacki's playing, uh, you know, for, for the because I think she's probably the, the forgotten woman in 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 the whole women's draw because a lot of people are watching Pliskova and Kerber, etc. However, she's playing very well too. Yeah, I, I think uh, f first of all, obviously she's confident because she won the biggest title of her career to to finish 2017. But then, I think the big moment for her was really surviving that second round match against Yana Fed. She was. 5-1, 40-15 on return down. Wow. And she, she barely survived. I mean, <laughs> winning winning those kind of matches, I think, makes you believe that, well, maybe this is my time. And and I think that she believes that it's her time. She looks happy, obviously, with her camp, with her fiancé. She's looking good. She's playing well. She's playing the way she usually play, plays. Super mm. consistent. Uh, making, making, uh, not making too much enforced errors, serving well, and obviously I think she had a good draw so far. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she played, she played the uh, Rivarikova was terrible against her, and Carlos Suarez Navarro uh, is a good matchup for her on hard courts. She mm. played good, not good, on clay. Sorry, maybe, but but on hard courts, it, it's a match that Caroline should really win. Mm. And and all all the other matchups she she had she was clearly comfortable w with that. I think that against Mertens she will she will need to to keep up this level because the way Mertens played today, she she surely believed that she has a chance against a player like Caroline Wozniacki. But the, against Caroline Wozniacki, you really need to execute well your game, your aggressive game to to win because she will put a lot of balls back. Okay, well let's look finally. To the to the to the tomorrow's um, action, we've got a very unlikely match in quarters with Sangren and Chung, and then Burdich and Federer in the men's. Who do you think is going to go through? Well, I believe that uh, obviously Roger Federer is the favorite against Burdich. <laughs> of course, the, yeah. re the record is the record is brutal, but I believe <laughs> it's tough for Federer not to feel not to feel pressured, even if he's a champion that, that won everything in his career and he actually started many Grand Slams in, in his life as the, as the favorite. But, mm. but I think start, uh, going for his quarterfinals match, knowing that Djokovic is out, Nadal is out and, and Dimitrov is out, it, it's tough not to feel that, wow, I'm really the favorite. I, I, I need to do that. It's really a big chance to to win another Grand Slam. I think that can that can can go a bit against him, but he's obviously the favorite for this match and for the tournament. And between Chang and, and Sandgren, new situation for, for both of them. I think that we, <laughs> we actually we actually can have a great a great match. I think Chang is the favorite. I think he's the better player. Yeah. He he knows he knows how to do more things on court and the and the, the underdog effect for Sandgren probably won't uh, it won't be as much of as as an important it won't have as much of as an important as it had against 
uh, Wawrinka and team. So I think that that Shang and Federer probably start as the as the big favorites for those matches. I 100% agree with you. Finally, finally, I promise this time, the women's we have two cracking matches in Angelique Kerber versus Madison Keys, and then we have Halep and Pliskova. So, can I have your yeah. opinions? Yeah. Two amazing, two amazing women's matches. I think, in my opinion, Madison Keys and Angelique Kerber are by far the two best players of the tournament mm. uh, so far. Yeah. I, I think that, that Kerber had a tough time against Suez, yeah, but, but the, 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 so Suez was, was amazing, played two incredible sets. Kerber has been great this, this season, yet to lose a match. Only had really a tough time, I think, against Safarova, three sets against Venus Williams. It's so many wins, feeling so confident. It, she is the only Grand Slam champion still in the draw. So I think she obviously starts as a bit of the favorite against Madison Gis, but Madison is playing great as well. And and nobody was really expecting that because she she was she wasn't so good after reaching the US Open final. Some injuries came back, didn't win many matches, but She's looking good. I think that, that the winner of that match, uh, that quarterfinal, will probably end up as the favorite for, for, the, for the tournament. I think Kerber is the favorite at the moment. I, I believe she, she really uh, has a good chance to win another Grand Slam. And, and mm -hmm. at the other match, I'm really, really curious to see how, how Halep would, uh, would, would, would play because she, she looked really, really good against Naomi Osaka. She played maybe... Uh, the best match I've seen her play since she's number one. Uh, so I, and she's injured. She was injured, and she played four hours as well beforehand. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And I really, I really thought that that she she wouldn't be able to produce that level against Osaka. Mm. And and uh, again against Pliskova is going to be tough. Pliskova is playing well, but I don't think that she is playing at the level maybe she was. When she reached that U.S. Open final two years ago, I think mm. Halep starts as the favorite, especially if she can move well and 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 if she can produce the level she she did against Osaka. Awesome, thank you, Jose Morgado. You have been amazing as usual, and you enlighten us with so much knowledge. So we appreciate you coming on the show again, and um, yeah, enjoy the action tomorrow. I'm sure you will. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you, so you much. Jose. Take care. Bye bye. That was Jose Morgado. It is such a pleasure to have him on the show always. Um, he knows so much, uh, definitely all around the tour, and um, men's and women's. It's just great to have him on. Um, and you can follow him on jo at Jose Morgado, of course. So, that is over. It's been incredible. Uh, just, you know, looking back back at some of the surprises, Elise Mertens, we're looking at Tennis Sangren and Chung for, for a semi-final spot. It's just crazy. Um, and of course, the women's, I'm sure, will be the highlight um, for day nine. It's been great to have you on. Thank you for listening. Thank you for retweeting. If you've retweeted, if you've liked anything that contributes to the show to make it bigger, we do appreciate it a lot. Follow us on At The Deuce Podcast if you can. Give us a, a comment. If you if you have anything to advise us about anything in the, in the episode that you didn't like, that you liked, we will take it on board. We are still a very new project. That is all. I have been Ahmed Osman. This has been The Deuce Podcast. And we will see you tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs>